I'm Ross Anarelli. And this is the Market Today podcast, and you are on episode 128. Thank you guys for joining us. For those of you that are new, we do it here every week as we read a book, usually having to do with business, psychology, or any of the other functions of life that you can measure. Uh, And we talk about them and whether we like them or not and and kind of what they were all about and whether they were worthwhile. So uh, before we do that, we talk a little bit about what's going on in the world and, and kind of uh, what the news is, per se, around financial markets, which is what we call ourselves market today. And we thought we'd do something a little different this week. We just kind of, you know, me and Ross have a lot of conversations all the time about uh, business and finance, and we enjoy it. So we're kind of just having a conversation, and uh, it has a lot to do with Google and what's going on with them. So Ross, uh, you know, so this split and why why did they decide to do this at three thousand bucks like a share? Yeah. So for those listening, Google has decided to do a twenty to one split. They're currently trading at twenty seven hundred dollars. So you know they've watched brands you know like Apple and Tesla last year split make a lot of money on the split. I mean, everybody was buying in. These prices were soaring. You were seeing a lot of value being built for these companies. Um, the only two big ones that haven't done this um, have really just been Google and Amazon, both that hover their prices around 3000 which, you know, until a lot of things like Robinhood, there was no buying a fractional share. You had to buy a full share. So for the average investor, you know, the kid who wants to get a start, he doesn't have three thousand dollars to buy one share of Amazon. Like, why would you? Why would he even want to? At a certain point, like you're you're putting all your eggs in one basket. There's no diversification, nothing. So you you know why would you want to do it? Where now, it'll be cheaper. Someone can now come in for what is it going to be? A few hundred bucks, um, and get a share, get two shares. So it's going to be nice. Yeah, you know, there's always the argument of Robin Hood, right? But I don't know. I, I feel like Robin Hood, especially with what happened with the whole, uh, what was it? It was GameStop and, and you see companies that are just so unmemorable in my opinion. But that's another story. Um, and in the situation with not being able to buy and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't know. I think that this is actually really smart just from the perspective of, uh, of human psychology. Like, it just you feel like you have more leverage when you have an opportunity to get in in a place like this. And honestly, for me, when I don't think about that as much from the perspective of like, oh my gosh, this three thousand dollars is all my eggs in one basket. Because thankfully, I've, I have a little bit more more to work with than that. But you know, like at the same time, you know, yeah, to, to be someone new in in the game, like first year in the like learning finance and to take a big step into a market you know even though i guess you could kind of say that you can't really go wrong with google right like no matter what you do you're going to win with a company like google because it's just a good american company that has that's on the the front end of you know 
of the evolution of the world to a certain extent, um, which is this new digital age that we're, we're moving into and this new complete revolution of how we look at things and how we buy things, how we interact with people. So I think no matter what, whether you're buying Google at $3,000 a share or, you know, $20 a share, it's a good investment. Um, but I think that from a human psychology perspective, the amount of leverage that you can, you know, have by having a, a lower pro like price to get in a lower, you know, barrier of energy, um, barrier of entry. It's just, it's, it just allows for so much more opportunity for people that maybe don't look at things the same way as an institutional investor or someone who's been investing for 20 or 30 years. Um, and yeah, I think actually I would, it'd be really interesting to see if uh, Amazon were to also follow suit and what would happen to, you know, these valuations and how much money is, like would flow into the market. Like just imagine if, <clears throat> you know, a kid that has a couple thousand bucks because he worked for over the summer at, uh, you know, McDonald's, right? He, the idea of I'm going to put all, like you said, all my eggs in one, one basket and throw $3,000 at a company like Google, whereas I could go take that $3,000 and go diversify it a little bit into different things, you know, and buy little things. Whereas the concept of like, okay, well, I could get, you know, if, if in 20 to one, what does that look like? 2000 divided by 20, that brings it down to a couple hundred bucks a share. No. Right. Ross, 200 bucks a share. Yeah. Can, somewhere around there. Do math, right. 275. I'm just going to do the math. Because I'm a stickler divided by, what do we say? We divided by 135 more. Yeah, see, like, if you could come in and say, I'm going to spend $1,000 on Google, right? And then come in and say, okay, I'm going to spend $2,000 or $1,000 on, you know, Apple or, you know, uh, something in a different sector, right? You want to buy something that pays a dividend because it's a, you know, solid company that you think is going to grow. Like that's an, also a great strategy. Like you can pick up your dividend and, and also have a growth oriented company that's been around for a while, potentially like, you know, who knows you go look at a, a dividend aristocrat, right. And then you add on top of that, you like, you put a couple bucks into a, an index fund. Like, you, you know, you now you're really, you know, diversifying your portfolio, allowing yourself to, to have a safe and, and foundational, you know, solution for your future you know that's 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 a pretty cool thing right like as opposed to having to nut up three thousand bucks and you know say i'm going all in on google right because you know technology is still the google is google but you know hey listen it's technology right anything can happen in this world especially in the world of technology right so personally so a question I think for really cool you move. if if are you thinking about investing in one or the other or both I, I actually, the only one that's mentioned it is Google. Amazon may or may not, but if we assume both would, I'm I'm probably going to get in before the split. Okay, I'm, which I'm which company get in Google. on Google? Yeah, I think it's I think I think the I think it doesn't make sense not to. And you know, yeah, is it a bet? Sure, but you know, I think Google's here to stay. I think they're going to be a staple. Um, you know, they're just on the forefront. and They understand people. Um, you know, and I think it, it, it's a, it's a good opportunity, um, to really ride a wave and, and, you know, listen, there's so many, so many different opportunities out there in the world, right. But 
a, a solid opportunity like Google doesn't come around every day, right? It's it's available for the masses, and I think it's it's they're opening it up to you know all of these new retail traders, and I think it's 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 an opportunity. They're really opening their their you know opening the fold and saying, hey, like we're we're trying to get everybody involved. And I think that when you have a community around uh, around a product and a talent pool like Google has and resources like Google has, I think it's a recipe for success. Uh, you know, and I, I would take I would take a solid business decision and uh, riding a wave an inflow of money that go that's going into a company that's doing you know solid work and has good talent and you know. I, I, I don't see that as uh, an overwhelming risk when we're talking about, you know, a few thousand bucks. Like, I think that's I think it's, a, it's more than reasonable risk. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we're on the same page, especially when it comes to the value of data and just the amount of data they have. It would it, it's it's just ungodly amounts. And at a certain point, you know, they, they've done a great job of being both loved on the consumer face and the business face as well. You know, like Amazon used to be, you know, everyone loved it, right? Everyone still loves Amazon, but people are starting to feel bad when they use it. They're starting to, you know, not like the Jeff Bezos idea, things like that, where, you know, there's so many extra things that go around it, where Google's done a great job of being friendly with people, but also all the APIs, all the servers, everything that Google has on the back end that keep businesses completely separate from consumer facing and Google search afloat. You know, they are, they're intertwined everywhere. So I think it's, it's just, we look at the metaverse, we look at NFTs, we look at, you know, blockchain technology, crypto, everything's going digital. So they're, they're the digital library. They have all the info. They have more info than we can probably even imagine. Like I, I probably could not imagine how much information Google truly stores or has access to. And there's no reason you could ever actually find that answer, you know? So it's, it's, it's crazy, but I might, I definitely think I might do that. I'm less intrigued by Amazon, but Google, I'd rather have money in the data versus physical products. Listen, Amazon is very intriguing. No, don't get me wrong. Uh, Amazon is very intriguing. And even, even at their current price with no split, it's intriguing. All right, I think right now is an opportunity to start buying things at a discount that are going to be worth a whole lot of money in the future. And uh, I think it's, you know, I think intrinsically I feel better about investing my money in Google because they are going to create a revolution around technology, right? And they have such a deep talent pool. Amazon is a phenomenally built business, right? They understand human nature and they capitalize on it and they're very good at it. But I think that intrinsically as a community, as a company, they're a little bit more forward thinking when it comes to revolutionizing the way that people do things, how we operate, Whereas Amazon is capitalizing on the human need, right? Which will always be there and will always be consistent too. But I don't think that it has the potential to create human impact in the same way. And to be honest with you, 
you know, whether you make, you know, your consistent 12% or your consistent 15% this year, or you have a jump that from, you know, that's a hundred percent jump over the next couple years, right? Like you're, you're going to win with them long term, right? Now, I don't know who's going to be bigger, who's going to be the bigger brawler on the, on the, on the chopping block, on the chopping block. You know, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, but I think they, they're both good bats. I really do. don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Yeah, I think both are incredibly strong. The other one that I was thinking of investing this week, because um, it's kind of plateaued out kind of the last year or so, and we talked about it before, but it's that, uh, that TSMC, the microchip company. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's all these issues with microchips. Obviously, the cars was the one that made made the headlines but you know the issue you had is that when everyone went indoors they were using things that require microchips everything from a calculator requires a microchip like everything we buy and use has a microchip and that is not going to go away as far of a need you know and we're going to have more and more different levels of electronics that might be a good time to start getting in on the chip space because then you're investing in any technology literally anything that's got a battery in it uses a microchip well, I mean, listen. It's trading I mean, at 123 right now. It's been at 123 since pretty much the beginning of the pandemic, January 1st, 2021. And you know what? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm in NVIDIA, and I love NVIDIA long-term. I think, I think the microchip market is only going to explode. And good providers of, of these very highly technical products are going to be extremely important in that. So and they're so expensive to build. These factories are worth billions of dollars. I mean, you, you have to have business. no airflow kind of thing, like no dust particles, nothing. That right. stuff is not easy to come in the game and, and make a piece. I completely agree with you. Um, and I think long term, our economies are only going to depend on them more and more. And they're going to depend on their research and development departments to become more efficient and become and generate products that are like going to be really truly next level, right? Like things that are going to enable levels of efficiency, levels of uh, creativeness that we couldn't normally get out of people. Right, and I think that's what's going to really take them to the next level, and it's going to be really interesting to see what country is going to come up with that because uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of people in this space making a whole shoot, shit ton of money. I, I think the other thing that's going to be interesting is you know it's kind of a hedge against all of tech companies, right? Like because Apple designs their own chips, you know, Microsoft designs they all design their own chips. TSMC just produces it, just manufactures it. So, you know, you could get into where maybe Apple is struggling for a few years. Well, you're still making money because Microsoft is still printing chips like crazy or vice versa. You know, but like it kind of almost hedges you out to the entire market. So it could be an interesting kind of in between, almost like a complement to those investments. If you're already in companies that are heavily, you know, designing and trying to produce chips, may not just get the chip maker. Yeah. It'd sure. be like if I could buy Nike's manufacturers, I would buy that. And, I, and that Which, way I don't care if you make Nike or Adidas or Puma. If I could just own the factory and just make money on the factory, then I know consistently 
three of those four brands will make it. You know what I mean? Two of them will at least make it. And if not, one makes it, but that factory's still doing good business. New companies will come along to fill that demand. You know what I'm looking up right now? What? Rivian. Yeah. I'm sure that stock is dead. It's hurting. It's, it's not happening. I'm trying to tell people it's been bloated for like a year. Let me just big. zoom out to the one year. Oh, it's been slow. Yeah, it's been just a slow burn. It's not been a good one. It's at 130 a year ago. Uh, November 8th was at 130. It's well, at 69. About, let me just think about market cap-wise. That's half, half of the market cap. Can you imagine you put in... 10 grand you're sitting at five grand right now like come on make a car i'm yeah, telling you it's you know, not it's not easy to do what tesla is doing i don't even mean that from a tesla standpoint but just their manufacturing is wild like they're just so far ahead right now it's not easy to get in this game like i said elon said it was easier for him to do spacex than tesla it's like tesla's the hard one He's like, well, it's yeah, much easier to do rock. Production. And I was like, it's crazy. The production, the manufacturing ability. And you see, he ability. wants to do it in a single shell. Um, instead of like, he already decreased the amount of like miles technically of wiring that was in a car. He reduced it by like 10x, right? So he already made it quicker. Now, instead of having it where all these parts are coming in, they're literally trying to do it where this machine comes in, does like a shell and lets it go. So the thing's already made. No rivets, no nothing. That would be speed. incredible. Speed. If he, if he could do that, that would be... And they well, already it's, have it's it. A, it's not even working it's just on efficiency. It it's about yeah. efficiency, right? Like that, it's either you have scale or you have efficiency. You don't have... You can't like... You know, some of the manufacturers that don't need to have at the level of efficiency that he has are able to achieve different things, right? But he like for him, he, his efficiency is everything. But then again, now, now it's a very different story with him. He... he like it used to be a conversation of okay these big car companies, but now he's the biggest boy on the block. It's a different game now for him. Now he can he has unlimited resources basically. And imagine yeah, being in that position. Like imagine well, being in a position where you have a company that's worth just unlimited amounts of money. But I think it's what what's smart is if you look at all the companies he has, like SpaceX, the way that they went about you know, doing a giant spaceship by just doing small cylinders and stacking them versus how NASA used to just build this giant thing and it was like a one-shot or you're screwed, right? Took forever, all this money in there. This He's learning stuff from SpaceX and taking it to Tesla and vice versa. Like, he's around really creative people as well. I'm not saying he comes up with all this stuff, but he's very smart in the way he works, same way that he was good with the boring company. You have to literally dig a little, build, dig, build, dig, build, like, he's just being able to test with so many other funds. You know, he can test rockets. No one's ever pushed out 20 prototypes of a rocket like this. It's always we shoot it up, fingers crossed it works. If not, it's going to take us a year to rebuild it. It's like, wild. And these things are landing. They're coming back. <laughs> like, okay. So yeah, tech, I, tech is truly incredible. I do He knows He like, knows what he wants to build. So, like, if he can figure it out on the car side, he will. But, like... At this point, all I see is people copying. All these cars are doing stuff, but no one's doing anything original yet. They're doing the battery with the big screen and then going to try to do self-driving. Yeah, that's pretty much what everyone's going for right now. 
but can you actually get the battery, produce it? Is your autopilot, which is all neuro network, are you going to be able to build a system that, that takes so many miles of autopilot to learn? No one's got that data. The one you Google Waymo used to just drive around in circles collecting data. So here's so here's the let's on the other side of the coin on the complete other side of the coin. You remember uh, the SPAC Gors Guggenheim? Yeah, it's like Polestar or something. Polestar, exactly. Where do you think that's going? Because so and this and that, which brings up a whole other conversation, which is the automotive uh, electric uh, EV market as a whole, right? Like as a whole, it's a fucking shit show. First of all, number one. Okay, and it's it's the automotive problem. It's so funny because I've seen so many of these different automotive companies, right? And there's so many of them, and they have so much money behind them. And some are incredible, and some are complete trash. And it, the ones that succeed sometimes blow my mind, right? So and here, here's what I would say: is there's a difference? And let me see if you agree. I think the future of let's call it. Trans- automotive transportation, right? I think there's two things. There's one, there's changing the power unit. So we're going from engine to battery, okay? That's a power unit change. There's We're not reinventing how steering wheels work, how suspensions work, nothing. We're just changing, you know, the power unit. Then after you have that, the next thing to change, in my opinion, is actual driving. I think the next move after figuring out batteries is you won't need to drive anymore. I think autopilot will be massive, massive. You look at all the traffic problems you have right now. You look at all the inefficiencies you have from sitting in traffic. All the most accidents, and 100% of them, are all caused by a person. 100% of accidents are caused by people. 100% of traffic caused by people. If we can start to alleviate some of these things, imagine your kids more in 16 years, 20 years, right? You will not have to teach them how to drive. And you also won't have to worry about them getting drunk and driving. They will get in a car just like a taxi would, like an Uber is right now, and get you home. And do it safer. It's going to be keeping an eye out on all different angles that the human mind can't keep an eye on at the same time. While judging distance, using radar, using LIDAR. It'll be safer. There's no reason why we couldn't train this thing to do driving. Driving isn't the most complicated thing that we do. It's really high up there because it's high stakes. But it'll go from who can get the batteries down. Tesla's already done it. Other companies will come along to make more efficient batteries. Probably sell them to the automotive companies. So boom, you don't have to deal with that. But the same reason we talked about would you get into Google, you can get into Tesla because they're going to be doing all this autopilot. They're way ahead at this point. They weren't always in the lead. They're in the lead now. And if you can get in a car five years from now and the only ones that can do it safely are Teslas or whoever else could come out with a system, you can get in that car, say, take me home, take me to dinner. And it only costs 30, 40,000. It's not like paying for a private chauffeur, you know, 100K. You pay 30 grand, 40 grand, you get the base model, it'll take you around. That's wild. They want to do their, their taxis where your car can go out and generate money for you. It can be a virtual taxi. That's wild. That doesn't happen. You know, it's it's crazy to think of what transportation is going to be. There's going to be a big dip between private and public. But if you can get in your car, and it's going to be safer than you would be driving, 
Because now you're looking at your phone. Everyone around you is looking at your phone. It's not you, right? It's the people around you that endanger you, like everyone likes to say. I'm a good driver. I'm around, you know, bad drivers. Okay, sure. Well, if you have something that's always looking, 360-degree view with all the tech, it can make a pretty smart decision. So that's my thought. Combustion moves to, you know, electric propulsion and then auto drive. Call it whatever you want, but self-driving. So with that being said, who do you trust to, to get to the next level, right? Because there's always going to be a couple competitors. And I don't know. I love the Polestar. I think the fact that they're connected to Volvo makes them so valuable moving forward. They're known as the safety company. Like, it's perfect. See, I would go almost opposite. Like, Volvo was is helpful because you would need to know how to produce at a high level, Right. But I'm looking for a company that's on the on the data side. The the cars are the next thing to move into to be smartphones. They're the they're the next integration. It so doesn't. Who would, you, it, who would you take over over them currently in the market? Because my perspective on that is their valuation. I'm just. I think you. At, I think you have a better shot. I I like Polestar. I should say I like Polestar. I'm just, I think I'm a just company looking at a one point eight point oh eight billion dollar valuation. Right, like that. That to me is a, a light valuation. And need... if I'm looking at the market, if they grow to the size of like, let's say, a BMW, right? You're talking about a thirty billion dollar company, and that's a thirty x return. And I'm very satisfied with that. I you think know you what can I mean? do it. I think. Look, it's it's going to come down to. Do you think they're focusing on self driving? If that, if you don't, if you don't think they're focusing on self driving, then to me, it doesn't matter. That's well, I think logic. I think they're focused on the evolution of cars, which means that everybody what? is. Focused but why on... do we keep calling it the evolution? What's different between my car and your car? Well, the safety the engine. is also going to be a massive component, and that has not, to do with the, the quality of the of the, of the build no, and the, listen, the ability listen. of the, the manufacturing Volvo, company. Does Volvo make a safe car? Yes. Yes. Can they not just move this, take out the engine, and say, "Hey, we're keeping all the same suspension." electronics, everything in the car, right? Nothing's different. We're just gutting the engine and we're putting a battery in. That's all they have to do. And then they've created a safe electric car. I don't know why the evolution of an electric car, it is an electric car. They're trying to think of new designs, try to you know change the perception as every brand is. But what I'm saying is the next evolution of a car, it's, we know how to put a battery. Prius did it years ago. We know how to do it, right? There were a lot of, special interests and stuff keeping us on cars. The same reason why we're a country built on cars, not public transportation like everybody else, right? But you're at a point where the next thing to come up is going to be who can do self-driving. And that is something that a private company will do. So if Polestar, they make beautiful cars. That car right now is fine. But the next level is going to be when people start getting in vehicles that are the same price as a Polestar, but it's safer than a Polestar and they don't have to drive. That's a lot of time saving in life right there. And then the more cars that do it, it takes away a lot of the traffic. So it can get it can get crazy. But the only way you solve traffic problems and all these, you know, insurance issues and safety issues and drunk driver issues is getting it out of your hands. Humans are terrible drivers. We get angry very easily. We are very impulsive. We also lose track of time very easily. And now they give me a smartphone in the car and all these buttons and knobs, bro. 
distract. Take it out of your hands. No, Polestar makes point. a beautiful car. But Polestar, if so, they can get someone like Google to come in and help them provide some self-driving stuff, like how when they had Waymo and things. That, to me, is where you'll find these combinations. I think Google, and saying you could say the same with Apple, these companies would be great to get into these cars just as a software. Updates all the time. It's learning from all these people driving. You need scale to get that data. That's the problem. And no one else but Tesla has been able to hit scale. If these Teslas aren't driving around, they're not collecting data for autopilot. My car, I can drive to go get lunch, even not use autopilot. It's taking data from that drive, seeing what I did, and uploading it to a neural network. It's wild. Why is my car doing that? It's wild. I, the other day, I, was in, I went on vacation last week. I could go on my phone and click live camera. I could look live at any one of the cameras around my car. I have the base model, I need to remind you. I could see live camera to make sure that I didn't get towed or there was nothing like near my car, nothing fell on my car. I could literally look, see how close the guy behind me parked. It's wild. And is that just so, included in your payment? Yeah, bro, these are all base. The, the cars come fully stocked to do like the full, full self-driving that isn't even out yet three years ago because they know when it comes out, they're flipping a switch and they're selling you software, broski. Keep your car for 10 years, but if you got new software and all this stuff, why replace it? Why, why replace your car at 20000 or 200000 because you have your, your engine? They can't make it more efficient? I get it. There's an explosion going on. But you know what can last? A battery. Swap batteries all the time out of shit. Batteries are going to get cheaper. You can make it work. Yeah, you can make it work. Smart. He's just something like, There's something crazy. We always go back to Elon. He's crazy. Uh, but he is crazy. But you need some crazy, I guess. No, All crazy, right, book no, time. Good, let's let's jump segue, yeah? That. Sure, that's about, that's about as, uh, as direct of a segue as it gets. <laughs> so this week, what did we read? We read... Well, I had it a second ago. Oh, the a theory, theory, a theory of human... Yeah. Go for it. A Theory of Human Motivation by Abraham H. Maslow. 10,000 foot view, Ross. Tell, tell us what you thought. Um, well, this was exactly how it was presented. It was a rather simple book. It was take care of A to get to B, take care of B to get to C, kind of continue building on top of each other. Um, so I w- thought it was okay. Again, context, short book, can't always get the most in it. Um, but it made me think of when you're in like school and you kind of learn like the human needs, like shelter and stuff like that built off very same premise. What'd you think? Honestly, it was for the most part, completely immemorable. Like it, it was very kind of, okay, this is, this is a theory around how this would work. And it was just basically laid out. Um, but I mean, then again, what, what did you expect in a, I think an hour long book, right? It was a super short one. Um, so I, I thought it was for the most part, <laughs> extremely immemorable. And I hate, I hate yeah. to truly just drop the hammer, but that, that's, that's what it was. If you have taken a third grade course, you've probably learned something very similar to this as far as like, you know, human needs and to give 
the listeners out there, it was psychological, and it's pretty much shaped in a pyramid. Psychological's on the bottom, then safety, then love and belonging, then esteem, then self-actualization. So taking you all the way from like breathing, food, water, sleep, then going up next one, safety, security, um, resources, morality, the family, and then continuing to go up. Yeah, as you as you continue to get more, it's like in psychology to talk about like how the re- reward is not always the best thing because then everyone's just looking for a reward. There's no real motivation. Um, yeah, but I would agree. It, it wasn't much. This one came more from a self-help side than the business side. So it makes sense as to why it's kind of like this a little bit more. But yeah, nothing, nothing super out of this world in my opinion. And with that awful bombshell, truly, <laughs> of a book that was extremely memorable, thank you guys so much for joining us for the last 30 minutes for our podcast uh, for episode 128 of uh, Market Today. So my name is Moore. I'm Ross. This was the Market Today podcast, and we will see you next week. Take care.